Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Print Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer. Today, joined by Hamid Pretorius. Let's get into the news of today. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the minister in the presidency who has launched an attack um, on what she says are really the real culprits behind South Africa's difficult economic situation, which she identifies as being the private sector. Uh, she was giving a briefing to the media after cabinet, and she said that the private sector was attempting to engineer the collapse of President Cyril Ramaphosa's administration. She said, quote, We have maintained over the period that the performance of the RAND and sometimes the performance of the economy has been manipulated by the private sector, which has no interest in the development of the country. We will continue to engineer, which continues to engineer and do machination to make sure the government collapses. She said in response to questions about government's uh, reaction. Um, that's what... Uh, that's why they also feed in the narrative that there is a collapsing state, there is a collapsing economy, because that is what they wish for, and their actions do that. Despite the efforts of the private sector, however, she said that the economy remains resilient. Herman, your thoughts? Well, it's it's. I think firstly we should talk clearly about drug policy in the presidency, because I'll have whatever she's having. The problem there is not only does it, go counter to any factual consideration of the Ramaphosa term in office since 2018. Not only does it ignore the role of the state in the failure, massive failure of the economic drivers of South Africa, it also it displays a fundamental misunderstanding of what an economy is and how an economy functions. But worse than that, it also displays an ideological, deliberate, national democratic revolution style uh, delusion as to what private business and what the private sector is. If you can seriously look at South Africa and indicate or and conclude that the private sector in South Africa wants South Africa to fail, What you're saying is that these businesses are so determined that they want to undermine the very circumstances in which they operate. The idea that a business is anything other than someone trying to make a living by producing a good or service must be an ideological conclusion that she comes to. It just betrays how they look at private sector as trade and economic activity, not as individuals trying to earn a living by offering a purchasable good or service, but as an interest group, as an opponent, as a crowd that operates in the ideological battle of ideas against the ANC. So we get to the point where we can honestly say the ANC would rather have private sector fail and the country go along with it than have the ANC fail. Let us well remind ourselves that this president came into office with a massive approval rating, with enormous business confidence and enormous business bucks backing him all the way, CR17 hashtag. We are looking at a president that came into office with a golden tray of goodwill from the public and from the corporate sector and from the private sector. And then there's this idea that these are the people now working 
continuously for the collapse of the Ramaphosa administration, well, that is delusional. And it is entertainingly delusional, but I hope it shows to especially some of the more collaborative, collaborational apparatchiks of the private sector, the corporates in South Africa who populate the boardrooms and the hobnobbing events with the presidency and the ANC top brass. I hope this illustrates to a fundamental extent that these people are ideologues, not rationally interested in solutions, and that they see the working class and the middle class who don't support their socialist ideology as lumpens, and that they see the private sector as an opponent. And every private sector citizen or actor engaging with them, thinking that there's some common ground, well, I've got a cabinet to sell you. <laughs> and at the same time, in not unrelated news entirely, uh, we have found that the it, it, the annual, or rather the quarterly uh, business confidence survey has found that business confidence has slipped by two points to 31 out of 100, which means that less, that basically of the of the 100 people, they, uh, business uh, leaders, they asked uh, whether they have confidence in the country's economy and uh, the business climate, only 31 said yes. Um, this, there was a little bit of fluctuation, there was quite a bit of fluctuation in individual sectors, like, for example, uh, retail sector uh, competence went way up, but uh, then when you look at specific car dealers, that went way down. Um, and the business environment remained difficult in the fourth quarter as business uh, conditions deteriorated against expectations. But so that's the way this has been reported. But uh, Herman, you know, when I see something like against expectations, I mean, yes, you know, there are these kind of uh, fluctuations in the global market which affect us economically, that kind of thing. But I'm not really sure why anyone thinks without fundamental changes to the structure, there's going to be a lot of difference in our, in our business environment. It's sort of bizarre. It is. It's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Now, business confidence is probably one of the easiest things to have positive and in your favor if you're a government, because getting a working economy really isn't too complex. Allow people to purchase or receive the energy they need to manufacture a product. Ensure there's the sufficient infrastructure for them to get that product to market. Ensure that there's a relative framework of law and order to pursue any wrongdoers were that getting to market process interrupted and make it as easy as possible at the other end of the whole you know, chain of events for individuals to be as in a position as they could possibly be to purchase that product. Now, of course, that's, a pro that's not looking at services, but services really follow the same principle. Get goods to market. So you need to be able to produce the goods and generate the service. You need to get it to the market where people are willing to pay for it, and you need to be able to receive payment for that. If you can ensure just those three spheres of broadly operational structure, you can have a growing economy and you can have business confidence. Business confidence doesn't need to be micro-tuned to every particular policy. Business asks themselves, can I make or produce what I need to? Can I get it to where I can sell it? And can the people who, can, who want to buy it, buy it? That's it. 
And if the minister and the presidency can't understand that private, the private sector's only interest is survival, well, my goodness, then I wonder what, I wonder what could possibly lead to business not having a massive amount of confidence. All right, on to our next story, and this is a election poster put up by the ANC. I think it was on social media, but I believe they may also have used it in some of their campaigning material. Um, they posted a picture on social media uh, with this electioneering poster, and the caption on their, their post was, the ANC remains committed to self-guarding the well-being of our people, especially through impactful social grants. Together, we can build the foundation of support, uh, ensuring no one is left behind visit your local voting station. And the picture itself is, uh, the, the poster is, the future is, and it's got an ANC logo, and then it says, protecting the most vulnerable in society. And then it has a picture of the social security grant card, the SASA card. Um, this seems, um, you know, the ANC has long been accused of very heavily politicizing the social grant system, a social grant system, which I believe no main major party in South Africa has actually talked about dismantling. Um, and yet, uh, this is perhaps the most blunt usage of uh, Sasa as a reason to vote for the ANC. If I were any other political party, perhaps especially the DA, I would tomorrow publish a billboard and a poster using that exact same image with the DA or your own party's paraphernalia and logo and branding. And let's see how quickly Sasa, as an entity, will respond to that copyright infringement or that abusive trademark. Let's just see. And that will expose to a large extent the politicization of these entities. No political party that is seriously contending for office has any intention for decimating the social grant system. You can reform it. We are at the IRR all in favor of reforming it. But let's remember that a social grant structure must in the first place be affordable. And if we are going down the current trajectory, not the Trevor Manuel and Becky approach to social grants where you actually have a growing economy that can afford this. But if we are in a situation where the SASA grant system itself is unsustainable because of the economic vandalism of the governing party, you reach a point where the DA, I think, and the EFF and the IFP and Action SA must openly contest this. Use this SASA grant and the image and the logo to see if you can make that argument. A few years ago, I wrote a piece about the six stubborn strengths of the ANC. And people shouldn't confuse deliberate with accidental blurring of lines between the ANC and the state. Quite often, we think, oh, they are bumbling into a blurred line between party and state. In many instances, it has just been plain deliberate. For too many South Africans, the ANC has allowed the narrative to take hold that it's not the taxpayer who funds housing developments from the government, it's the ANC. It's not the taxpayer who pays for social grants to exist, it's the ANC. This is a crucial battle that must be taken on, and I hope, I hope the party see this opportunity, this blatant abuse of state resources. It's a great opportunity. Go after it. Gun for them. And for our final story today, I don't think this one needs much comment because I think it speaks a lot for itself, but former mayor of Johannesburg and current, I believe he's a still a councillor in the Al-Jamaha party, uh, which is part of the ANC-EFF coalition in Johannesburg, 
tweeted out a picture or two pictures of him holding a Hamas flag and a what looks like an AK-47. And the caption was, we stand with Hamas. Hamas stands with us together. We are Palestine, but he spelled Palestine wrong. And Palestine will be free with our souls, with our blood. We will conquer Al-Aqsa Mosque. Herman, um, yeah. So he's not as much of an important entity in the world as uh, he would like to believe. He uh, last week claimed that he is gunning for the position of Gauteng Premier. Um, but this is not, uh, you know, this is the only reason we have to pay attention to this guy at all is because he was elevated into a position of power by this ANC EFF coalition. Yes. A man posing with a gun and a terrorist flag supporting terrorists is the man that the ANC and the EFF felt completely comfortable putting in control of the biggest metropolitan area and economy on the African continent. I mean, well done. If that doesn't tell you everything, I don't know what will. Indeed. Anyway, if you enjoy our content, please do uh, like our video and subscribe to the channel. Um, I would like to boost our subscriber numbers, and I really haven't been uh, pushing that recently. So please do subscribe if you enjoy our content. And for today, that's a wrap.